Now, in our studios uh, is our uh, school's superintendent, Dr. Matt Hillman. Matt, good morning. Thank you so much for coming in today. Good morning, Jeff. We're getting organized here. We're getting organized, you bet. Uh, Let's uh, let's talk about, uh, well, first of all, you know, the the school year has ended since the last time we had you in, and it was a school year that was completely unlike uh, any other school year uh, that you've had. Let's talk about that a little bit, and I guess we can start off with uh, pandemics some COVID. I understand you have some numbers and some sure. some statistics now. Why don't we start off with that? Yeah, so I think just the, to first, Jeff, I want to thank uh, our community, our staff, our students. If we think back to last summer when we were trying to plan for what really amounted to an unplannable school year, everybody pulled together. And I appreciate people's flexibility, their confidence, their feedback. I know that not every decision that we made was uh, met with uh, enthusiasm, and frankly, some people vehemently disagreed with some of the decisions that we've made uh, over time. We always made all of our COVID decisions based on uh, a few items. You know, number one, the health and uh, well-being of our students, our staff, and our community. And over that time, we were transparent with people. We tried to explain all of the challenges that we were facing. And I asked people on this radio uh, station many times, that I ask them to continue to be kind to one another and forgiving because when the pandemic ends, which we're not quite there yet, but we're getting very close, we wanted to be able to look each other in the eye and say, you know what, we did all right in, in a pretty significant crisis, probably the most significant crisis of our lifetimes. And I am happy here on June 15th to say I am proud of our community. While we didn't always agree and, and while there were some very difficult times and COVID really um, impacted people in a variety of different ways, whether it be people losing beloved uh, family members or there be people's financial situations or the changing in the school schedule. We all dealt with a lot of different things, but I think Northfield can look itself in the mirror and say, you know what, we did our right and we supported each other. And so when we take a look back at the end from the end of the year, going backwards, during the entire year we had a total of 263 laboratory-confirmed positive COVID-19 cases among students or staff who are on campus. And I think the other thing that we want to really take a look at is there's, you're going to hear about national narratives, right? You're going to hear national narratives that, you know, students weren't in school this year. Well, that's just not true here in Northfield. When we go back and we calculate the number of days or the percentage of the school years where students were on campus, we had a safe learning plan that prioritized in-person learning and really focused to get our youngest learners in as much as we possibly could. So when we look at our pre-kindergarten through second grade students, those students attended school on campus five days per week in person for 81% of the school year. They just had that one segment between uh, late November and mid-January when Rice County was really struggling. You remember that, Jeff, Mm -hmm. about how difficult that time was. That's the only stretch of the year between November 23rd and January 19th where our pre-kindergarten through second grade students were doing distance learning. The rest of the time, in person, five days a week. Third through fifth grade, they were in person five days per week for 77% of the school year. Again, they came back just a couple weeks later than our pre-K-2 students. Uh, They came back in uh, just the 1st of February, actually. And our secondary students, middle school, high school, and area learning center students, they were on campus in either the hybrid model or the in-person model for 75% of the year, including being in-person five days per week for the entire fourth quarter. So across the nation, Jeff, you know, we hear things about a national narrative about this being a lost year. And it just really isn't entirely true here in Northfield. Was it disrupted? Yes. Was it difficult? Yes. But our students were in school and on campus for the vast majority of the school year. And we uh, continue to anticipate that we'll be able to see that moving forward. 
You know, it was, uh, I think I put a smile on everybody's face uh, to, that was at the uh, high school graduation yes. to see, you know, you know, know those uh, kids have been through a lot uh, with uh, with their learning, whether it be, uh, you know, one week they're in school, one week with their distance learning. and uh, But they stuck with it and uh, they persevered. And those kids have a lot to be uh a lot to be proud of, and it's not just the seniors this year. It's really everybody uh, all the way down the line. Well, Jeff, you and I have talked frequently over the last 15 months, even more so than just these uh, semi-monthly radio programs. But I think if we talked two months ago or three months ago, we were just starting to believe we would have an in-person graduation. We thought we might have to limit attendance, but if you, you were there uh, mm-hmm. at graduation uh, la- a week ago Sunday, and I think that the pure joy, you know, of people, no restrictions in terms of people attending the event. We uh, strongly encouraged masks for non-vaccinated people, but it wasn't required. Um, it really looked and felt like uh, it was a regular graduation in almost every sense of the word. And so, so thanks to everyone for pulling together. We still have work to do ahead, Jeff, but um, we are looking forward to the future with optimism. Now, you are coming to the uh, close of this year's fiscal year, yep. uh, which is uh, going to be in just a couple of weeks at the end of the month here. And uh, I guess the construction season has started, but you, you've had construction season for several years now. But uh, on the financial side, uh, you, you wrapped up some stuff uh, at last night's account, our, uh, school board meeting. Tell us about that. Yeah, so uh, our building projects associated with the 2018 bond referendum have come to a close 2019 bond, 2018 bond referendum have come to a close. And if you recall, Jeff, the public authorized us to um, bond for $40.975 million. And you recall, due to our excellent bond rating, we have one of the top bond ratings in the state. There are only a, a couple of school districts, two or three school districts, who have a better bond rating than we do. And so because of our excellent bond rating uh, and our excellent financial position, we earned a premium when selling those bonds. And that allowed us to bond for approximately $2 million less at the time than what the authority was that we had remaining. And in general, our projects went very well and they were on time. Um, as we came to, as we got into the projects, we determined there were some things that we wanted to do to enhance some of the projects. Um, one example is installing all new windows at the what is now called the Northfield School District Offices and Area Learning Center. Many people listening would re- remember it as Longfellow School. Um, but replacing all of those windows in that 1948 building is an example of an additional cost that we incurred that extends the life of that building. So we made some intentional decisions about enhancing some projects to either increase the lifespan of a facility or to increase efficiency. So we ended up with about $1.1 million of additional projects that we made intentional decisions to fund, knowing that we had bonding authority remaining. Um, and as we considered these projects, uh, as we considered finalizing these projects, we debated whether to use our remaining bond authority or to pay with internal funds. And we consulted with our financial advisor. We learned that there was some change in how uh, a remaining bond authority is calculated. Uh, but we determined to use our internal funding after those conversations with our financial advisor and learning how much uh, theoretical authority we had remaining. So we funded those projects with internal funds. So we use something called long-term facilities maintenance revenue. That's something that we've talked about a number of times. We actually were able to use some COVID relief funds because in our construction projects, we did need to do enhanced COVID cleaning during the pandemic. Think about it. It's pretty amazing that these projects ended on time despite being completed at the end of a pandemic. So about $70,000 were able to pay with some COVID relief funds because of special cleaning 
that had to be done, and also a little bit of our general fund dollars as well. So the bottom line is our taxpayers got a, a new building, a beautiful new elementary school building. They got renovations at four other sites, and what we bonded for, and thus what the taxpayers paid for on that bond, was less than what we had originally told them. So we think, you know, our community got a great product, our students got great buildings, our teachers got great places to teach in, and we did it for less bond impact than what we had told the voters. The construction, is that 100% complete now in all the buildings? or So I would say yes. Uh, we are going through some of, in fact, I believe today we're doing some uh, what they call 11-month walkthroughs to be able to go through. And uh, for any kinds of things that have come up over the last year, that would be with the Greenville Park building, and they'll be doing that at the uh, Sibley soon-to-be Spring Creek building. Of course, we just moved into the new district office uh, in January, so there's some of those insurance walkthroughs that will happen yet. But for all intents and purposes, the construction on that bond project is complete. Now, there's some additional things happening this summer. So, for example, at Northfield High School, there's work on all of the bathrooms in the facility to update those, make them ADA compliant, those kinds of things. So we're back to kind of the normal summer projects that we uh, typically have. Superintendent Hillman is with us from uh, the Northfield School District. Uh, looking down the agenda last night, you also had uh, under items for additional action, Policy 950 Land Acknowledgement. Yes. Uh, tell us about that. So as you know, uh, the city of Northfield and both colleges in Northfield, I believe both colleges in Northfield, have adopted land acknowledgement uh, statements. And our district youth council, which is a group of about 20 students, who come together monthly. Uh, they are all of those students on the District Youth Council also serve on other uh, board committees and other advisory committees within the school district. And then they, they also select an area of focus. And they had a, a, a diversity, equity, and inclusion subcommittee uh, that really focused on looking how could they better support their classmates, uh, especially their classmates of color, uh, black, indigenous, and other people of color. And they brought forward to the school board policy committee asking, would we consider adopting a land acknowledgement statement similar to what the city of Northfield has done? So the students did all the research. They put it together. They brought it to the school board policy committee. The school board policy committee really made them do some work over a couple of meetings. It was brought for the first reading to our meeting in late May. And last night, uh, we adopted the land acknowledgement policy, which includes the land acknowledgement statement. And it's, it's somewhat similar to what has been adopted by other um, entities within, this, within the city. And so the district's land acknowledgement statement reads, The Northfield School District recognizes that we reside on the homeland of the Wapakute tribe of the Dakota Nation. We acknowledge the wrongdoings previous and ongoing and strive to repair and strengthen our relations with indigenous peoples. And our district youth council, our, our board who approved the policy, you know, understand that um, um, making sure that we're clear about our understanding of where we've been is an important piece of moving forward in our future. So one thing differently that we're doing with this is that not only did we adopt the statement, but we also adopted uh, components that say how we disseminate that statement. So the statement will be read at the school board organizational meeting in January. It'll be read at the school board meeting nearest Indigenous Peoples Day at Northfield High School and Area Learning Center graduations. 
It'll be published on the district website. It'll be posted in school district offices. It'll be placed uh, in our nature areas. Uh, Each elementary school has a nature area, as you know, and so it'll be posted there. And it can be used in other locations uh, as needed. So not only did the board adopt the land acknowledgement statement as part of the policy, it also uh, adopted how we would disseminate or how we would use it. It's nice to adopt a statement, but you got to actually do something with it. So... um, we are pleased with this, and I'm really proud of the District Youth Council uh, for bringing this uh, piece forward to the board and for the board for listening to the kids and for moving it forward. Let's talk about the <clears throat> calendar for 2021 yes. and uh, 2022. Uh, is that final now? There were some revisions, I understand, on that last night, but do you have a... Uh, uh, is it a final calendar, or is that ever really final, I guess? Well, I, I, the the board adopted two calendars last mm-hmm. year, and the twenty one twenty two calendar is very similar to the previous calendar. There's just one difference. And if you remember f- last fall, Jeff, we did family conferences at the beginning of the school year. We actually did four days of them, if you remember, because we really wanted to teach families and help prepare them for what this unusual school year was going to look like to the best of our ability. We got incredible feedback. Our parents were thrilled with the chance to be able to come in and just share with our teachers how their kids were doing. They were thrilled to hear about some of the plans that we had for the school year. Our teachers really value that extra time uh, with families. Now, we're not using four days for family conferences moving forward, uh, but we do think front-loading those person-to-person experiences with our families at the beginning of the year is important. We want to have family conferences, which we're going to have on the, what would have traditionally been the first two days of school. So on September 7th and 8th, we will hold family conferences instead of holding classes. That's after the Labor Day weekend when people have finished their vacation. It's the traditional start of school. And we want to have these family conferences and use this time at the beginning of the school year because we want a strong relationship with families to begin the year. We know that when we have a good partnership with families, everybody wins because our teachers and our families are on the same page and students benefit when the adults in their life are making sure that they're going in a similar direction. So the feedback that we got from everyone in those family conferences was just so outstanding. We're adopting them moving forward. So that's the only change to the 21-22 school year with one exception. Because we took those two days at the beginning of the year, we did have to extend the school year by one day so students will get out on June 9th as opposed to June 8th. The 22-23 calendar, again, for two years out, Uh, That calendar, again, is going to be very similar. Again, starting on the 6th and 7th of September with those family conferences. Our spring break is moving back to the traditional last week of March. Next year, it's a little bit earlier based on some feedback we had gotten, and then we got some other feedback. So we're moving it back to the end of March uh, in 2023. Uh, And then I think the other key thing with that particular calendar is that we are also, the high school has requested that we just shift our graduation ceremony that you're back one week. So graduation in June of 2023 will be on June 11th after the end of the school year as opposed to just before the end of the school year. All right. Uh, Once again, Superintendent Hillman is uh, with us. Um, Boy, I'm looking through. Is there anything else uh, happened last night or anything else going on in uh, the uh, summertime that you'd like to, to bring up? Well, we did just share the uh, our safe learn our, our COVID nineteen protocols for the summer programs, Jeff. And just want to just briefly explain, in general, for example, the thing people want to know about face coverings. Um, face coverings in most of our programs are now strongly recommended for unvaccinated people, but not required. So we'll, we strongly recommend that people wear masks if they are not vaccinated in our school buildings, but we're not requiring it. There's a couple of exceptions. 
Uh, students are required to wear students and adults are required to wear face coverings on school buses because they're considered public transportation, and that's still part of the executive order. Anybody who enters a school nurse's office is going to put a, a face covering on. We also have to wear face coverings in our early ventures and our kid ventures programs through June 30th. So our licensed child care centers are governed under the Department of Human Services. And that's one segment where uh, our understanding and actually the direction that we've received from the Minnesota Departments of Education and Health, those programs are still required to basically to mask and quarantine. And so all the way through June 30th, uh, which is when the original executive order was uh, supposed to expire. And so that's the one segment uh, staff and students in our kid ventures or our summer ventures programs will still be masking indoors. Staff and our early ventures programs will mask indoors through June 30th, uh, or if we get to 70% of people vaccinated before then. But otherwise, all of our other programs, basically the face covering requirement is strongly recommended for those who are not vaccinated, but not required. Now, school just ended last week. Has, has the uh, summer school sessions, have those begun yet? Do they they started right yesterday. So all some right. of them, so our, our high okay. school credit recovery program started yesterday, Jeff. And then our extended school year for special education students will be starting very soon. And then our traditional kindergarten through eighth grade summer school will actually begin toward the end of July. We felt those people needed a little bit of a break. All right. Thank you so much for being with us. Much appreciated. Thanks so much, Jeff. Northfield Schools Superintendent, Dr. Matt Hillman.